Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, chicken or crow. Crossing the- hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Do you find yourself thinking about nerds? Do you want to beat nerds all the time? Do you sometimes? I know whatever Dynasty Outhouse would say. Listen to the Dynasty Crossroads. I hope you beat the nerds. Let's go. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow, chicken or crow. Crossing the... Superflex City population, all the QBs, all the Superflex content, and all of you Superflexers. Superflex finally has a home all its own, and the city never sleeps. Superflexperts, Superflexible, the Superflex Super Show, and much, much more, all under one city skyline, means you never have to leave Superflex City. Every ounce of Superflex advice, theory, speculation, and strategy on the planet lives right here. Subscribe to the Superflex City podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts and get access to the only fantasy football entity on earth that is committed entirely to Superflex. Let the Superflex Authority be your tour guide as you explore these city streets. Welcome to Superflex City. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts. That's Dr. Mildcat and Meatloaf Wildcat Brian Har. Guys, I'm kind of sad. My Roku broke today, and now I'm sitting down here podcasting with no television on, and it's really different, and I'm not exactly sure what to do. Um, and, and, and also, just so everybody knows, this is a drama-free zone. Regardless of what you've seen on Twitter today, this is, this is a drama-free zone. Except when John and I go at it later, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll see. But I don't know how you're dealing with the the Roku thing. Plus, like one and a half beers. That's all you've got left. Like, I, I don't know how you're doing this. This is I, it's it's a tough life. I mean, it's, it, it's like the the like the the mother strength, like picking the car up off of the baby. Like, uh, it's pure adrenaline right now. Pure pure adrenaline. <laughs> That's, that's commander of the Superflex Army, General William R. McCarthy. Had so many plans for this holiday season, so many projects to do, and I've done none of them. Nice. Sounds about right. That, uh, that, yeah, I feel that one too. I think we all do. That is Jacob the Snake of. What's up, everybody? Did you know? That if a snake eats an animal that's a hundred times larger than itself, it can actually burst. Oh, awesome. 
Have you seen Have you seen the videos on YouTube where like they eat like a porcupine or something, and the quills like come through the snake skin? It yeah. doesn't seem like a good business decision to start eating on porcupines. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Snakes eating stuff like that's a that's a rabbit hole that I go down several times a year on YouTube. And it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show. One more week to close the deal. One more, one more game. One more week to finish off those fantasy championships in those Superflex leagues, and. As much, guys, as much as I want to just start talking about the non-point scoring season that we've got coming up, I don't think we can do it. I don't think we can leave our listeners behind, our super friends who are battling for championships or even, you know, third place, toilet bowl, whatever the hell it is, whatever you're playing for. I think that we need to talk about about that i think we need to stick with 2020 for one more week i i don't know uh does uh i i i just i really want to get just kind of i want to pick you guys's brains we got we've got an all-star cast here uh we're missing the madman he's he's recording trades hq we're missing swagzilla he's prepping for the finals like practicing and and stuff for uh for Scott Fishbowl championship. Uh but you know, we've got the rest of Superflex City here. And I mean, this is a lot of brain power. So, uh let's let's dump it all out on the table for him. What do you think about that? What like what advice can we give to our super friends to help them bring this thing home? I I heard that you should start your studs. I think uh, that was, that was some start your studs, start your studs. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to, we're going to start. We, off I guess today. we might as well. You're all, you're all, you're going to go, you're going to go meatloaf wildcat here because you don't have enough beer and you don't have anything to watch. And so you're just going to take it all out on me. Listen, I'll be back in like a half hour. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Listen, so here's the deal, John. Okay. I, I, I subscribe to, to – I do not exclusively subscribe to Start Your Studs. Uh-huh. I know you adamantly and, 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 and you are very passionate about how awful of a – and how lazy yeah. of a strategy that is. So lazy. But in week 16, in your championship finals – Assuming a healthy stud, mm-hmm. okay, not a stud that's banged up and questionable, and you're waiting till the last second on whether or not they're going to play, but otherwise, a healthy stud. Yeah. This is the one week of the season where I subscribe to start your stud. I would rather, this is just me. Look, this is just me. Okay. Probably, maybe. Maybe it's just me, and you're going to tell me otherwise, and that's okay. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your 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 argument on this because, again, I I'm with you for 15 weeks of the season. Okay, week 16, 
though. Yeah. I would rather go down playing the guys that got me there. No. And 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 now wait a minute. There was gonna be actual process behind this. Huh? I thought there was gonna be actual process behind what's this. process? Not, not just a hollow cliche. Freaking come on, man. Or like well, look, so here's the deal. If Ezekiel Elliott is your stud, you're not playing him. Number one, because he's not playing. He's and not number two, because he's freaking terrible. Yeah, he's not a stud. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so, so maybe we need to have a discussion about the definition of a stud. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, and, and here's my example, and I want to get all, all of you guys involved in this conversation because... You know, I, I, like there are a handful of players that I think that we kind of need to talk about for this week, you know, um, just to just to kind of get a finger on the pulse. You know, if, uh, it, you're you're not always going to have great options. And maybe that's part of why start your studs feels plausible. Um, but. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I still don't. I, I don't like just rubber stamping a guy who hasn't been performing well, and and or is going into a bad matchup, like without any thought, putting any thought into it. So, here's a guy that I want to throw at you guys, because to me, you hear the name Russell Wilson, and I think that you are going to immediately think must start stud. You have to. He's been god awful for three weeks now. He's been he was the uh, if it wasn't for those rushing touchdowns. <laughs> Brian left. <laughs> that's that's how <laughs> that I like it didn't even take that much. Like I didn't even make my point about Russell Wilson, and he just bounced. Um but I, I mean, I still want to talk about this with you guys, starting with Russell Wilson. But I mean, he would have been the 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 worst starting quarterback in all of fantasy this past week if he didn't run for I think was it one touchdown or two that he got against Washington. But he's still like but his. John, but but like here, so here's the problem I have with that. Okay. Brian's back, by the way. Brian made I, it I, back. I am back. I, I checked. <laughs> no, I did that on purpose. I just checked out. I thought you were being ridiculous, and I was like, I'm not listening to this. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm totally just kidding on that. I, I had a I, – I, I made a rookie mistake, and I clicked the wrong X in my browser bar, okay? <laughs> back off. But listen, here's my problem with that. Here's yeah. my problem with you saying that. So, so first of all, you I you make a good point. You make a good point when it comes to blindly starting guys. Okay, I'm I, and and maybe maybe there is a middle ground here that we can we can agree on, or or maybe we can change the terminology where we're both somewhat satisfied here. Although I doubt it. Yeah, I don't um, middle ground very well. But but here. <laughs> But here, here's the thing with like with with Russell Wilson. You say you say, well, if it wasn't for the rushing touchdowns, mm-hmm. well, if it wasn't for the fact that Devontae Adams catches pen, ten passes every week and a touchdown, it, he would suck. If it wasn't for the fact that you know James Robinson gets into the end zone all the damn time, he would suck. If it wasn't for the you like, you can't do that. You well, can't just you can't just look 
at at one aspect of the game that isn't going well for a player. If Lamar Jackson, if you take Lamar Jackson's rushing acumen and rushing touchdowns out of his career statistics, he's average. Below average, maybe. You can't do that. I mean, you have to look at the whole package. Yes, I understand what you're saying from a point of like... I still... Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I can I can still do that in the case of Russell Wilson. And here's what: first of all, the rushing touchdowns have not been there most of the season. Second, this like it, I mean, he still didn't he still didn't score very well for fantasy purposes. He was barely in double digits. He was outscored by I mean guys like Sam Darnold. <laughs> he was outscored by Nick Mullins. Like these are these are. These are guys who outscored it. So, yeah, I, I, I want to hear from the other guys as well. So, I don't so, wonder. I just pulled up um, his performances for the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. And he is in a points per game, he is QB 21. Yeah. So, it's not like it's just this game. And at least looking at the teams that he went up against with the, you know, better defenses, it looks like he has struggled. I mean, but the, but then you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, the number 13 quarterback averages about three points more than he did. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, there are other options, but the, you know, the chances of somebody else being on your roster that's going to, like, greatly outscore what his potential ceiling is, that's where you got to weigh it, you know, obviously on a player-by-player basis. But, um you know, it's probably hard to to get away from him unless you have somebody who has a much better matchup that maybe, um, you know, that has has shown something a little bit more over the last six weeks. And I think it's important to look at like individual players and compare them, like like Bill's saying. So, like Brian, would you start Jalen Hurts or Russell Wilson week Russell sixteen? Wilson. Would you start Justin oh. Herbert or Russell Wilson? Herbert. There we go. Yeah. What about Brady versus Wilson? Wilson. What about Tannehill versus Wilson? Who do the Titans have? They face and that, Green and Bay. that proves and that proves John's point, I guess, a little <laughs> bit because it's well, like I you think... have you can't blindly look at you can't blindly take a name and put him in your lineup. So I I understand what 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 he's saying. The only issue I have with that is especially look we're Superflex Super Show. We're talking Superflex leagues. Yep. The chances that you have one of those guys to put in over Russell Wilson is is not is not it, it's great for John because he has seven quarterbacks every time he, <laughs> he plays and and maybe and hey so okay okay so let's do this let me stroke the ego a little bit okay yes. let me stroke the ego a little bit it's my favorite part of every whoa, show whoa, that's if, not you play, if you play if you play the stroking part is always my favorite segment if you play the QBX right. Yeah. So so if you if you use that strategy, then you yep. do have options and you can play matchups. You know, easy it, it's it's easier to play matchups. If you have a Ryan Tannehill sitting on your bench as your QB three because you drafted, you know, Patrick Mahomes in the first round and you know, who whoever Russell Wilson in the second, just for shits and giggles. I mean, I think they're both first round picks, but you know, yeah. just for shits and giggles, we'll we'll play that game. You know, you're you're and and so Ryan Tannehill is your third quarterback, and you have that luxury. Then sure, you know, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying I think a lot of like, are you starting Derek Carr over him? 
over Russell Wilson? What about I'm Mitch not. Trubisky or Baker Mayfield? That's the one I was just yeah, going to mention. Is, is yeah. Matt, listen, listen to me. It, Here, so here's where we're going to argue tonight. This is the meat. <laughs> so the Wildcat might come out. If Thanks. you start Mitchell Trubisky over I'm Russell Wilson it. in your championship week, you are batshit crazy. I'm doing it. I call me batshit crazy because I'm doing it. Oh. <laughs> Russell Wilson has been god-awful for a month now. He always does this in the fantasy playoffs. He always lets you down every single week. This is this is and honestly, this is where my this is why. This is the entire reason that my analysis is narrative driven and I cannot get on board with the analytics side of this of 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 fantasy analysis is because they will they'll they'll try and tell you that there's absolutely no correlation. There's no reason for Russell Wilson to be any worse in week 16, you know, regardless of like, you know, in a, in a, in a neutral matchup, there's no reason for him to be worse in week 15, week 16 than he was in week seven or eight, but he is every damn week, every damn year. It happens every season. I'm sick of it for one thing, but I mean, on top of that, we're also looking at matchups here. He gets, he, he gets the LA Rams. He gets Aaron Donald. He gets Jalen Samuel or uh, J- Jalen Ramsey. Mitchell Trubisky's at Jacksonville. One of the best matchups possible for for quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. So I'm actually going to jump in and uh, defend defend Brian a little bit right now and pay a little devil's advocate on both sides in the Don't sense that uh, we have it to where I, I definitely I could not bench Russell Wilson for. Um, for Trubisky, but then we also need to remember how bad the Rams were playing just last week against the Jets and how they got absolutely demolished. Not demolished, I guess. It was a close game, but still, it's the freaking Jets. Like, what's going on? Well, yeah, I mean, and and we see that happen a lot, too, where, you know, you look past the team that hasn't won a freaking game. You look ahead to the division rival who's pushing you for for that division title, you know, home field advantage, possibly even a first round buy. Like that's, you know, that, that was kind of the focus, I think. It, and it, it, that happens, that happens all the time. But I mean, to me, Seattle's going to, Seattle's not going to see the same defense that the New York Jets saw. Seattle's going to see a defense that's out to win this division, out to lock up this division. So, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I, all I'm saying is I am extremely nervous about Russell Wilson there. I, I'm not saying that I would bench him no matter what, but there are a lot of guys that you would not expect that I would start ahead of Russell Wilson. I think Baker Mayfield is someone I would relatively comfortably start over Russell Wilson, but Trubisky to me, is just a little bit tougher to get, get behind. Yeah, like last week, Trubisky played Minnesota, who is a really good matchup for a quarterback, and he scored about the same amount of points that Russell Wilson did, like 13 points. So, mm-hmm. like, it's not like he was – is somebody that I'm super stoked to play. And I think when it gets down to it, that's – the matchups are a little less important uh, when you're dealing with, with such a polar difference in the uh, – um, skill of the quarterbacks so it would be very difficult for me to overweigh the matchup benefit 
for somebody who I don't trust their skills in the first place. And yeah. Monty is cooking. He's cooking. So John, let's play. Which, let's can can we play my favorite game real quick with okay. Ross? So let's play my favorite game. Okay. All right. All right. So would you start Russell Wilson this week? Championship week. Would you start Russell Wilson or Jared Goff? Uh, Jared Goff. Russell Wilson or Philip Rivers? Oh, Versus man. Pittsburgh. I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Russ on that one. I like that one's tough, and I I'm super down right now on your Steelers defense after that <laughs> shit they pulled on Monday night. But um, I yeah I think I'm gonna I'll I'll uh, I, I I'll I'll still give them the benefit of the doubt. Marcus, Russell, ooh, Marcus the goat Mariota or Russell Wilson? I will beat your ass. <laughs> you say Mariota, I will, I will, I'm coming through this screen, John Hogue. I'm coming through this screen versus Miami. Uh, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean I just. Miami's not nearly as good of a matchup as uh, as as their ranking would indicate. Which I mean, they're they're still ranked fairly high, but they're th- that's a tough matchup. I'm not I'm not going with Mariota. You know, uh, I, I I I can't go there. What about with, Cousins? Um, QB, QB, also with the, that's QB also five. A, by the yeah. way, in the in the time frame we're looking at. Yeah, and that's also a tough matchup. I I, I think it's I think it's Russ for me. So I'm actually like we're having this conversation. And I actually have kind of a a decision to make, and I mean it's not like super stud versus not stud. Well, I guess it's probably I have River the option. It's a one QB league though. Um, it's Rivers or um, Dalton, and Rivers plays Pittsburgh, and Dalton plays. Uh, see uh, the red, Eagles. red rocket rifle, whatever the hell it is. What is it? Red rifle? <laughs> the red rocket. Red rocket. <laughs> but it, either know. either way, it does not fit. It is never <laughs> like she's G- got red ginger, hair. Okay. Ginger QB. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Phillip we should cover. Oh, he's had some good games, man. I don't I don't know, man. That's tough. For me, they're pretty close. Yeah, that's uh, probably going to be my toughest choice entering one of my um, championship teams. Yeah, that is, a, that is a tough one. Um, that's not how John would be playing quarterback position, but that's, <laughs> that's where I am. That's where I am. Yeah, just the fact that – well, in a, in a one QB, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I've got, I've got some situations like that, so – it's it's fair. Um, Jalen Hurts, I'm absolutely starting over Russell Wilson this week. I can get behind that too. Yeah, against Dallas, that is a nice matchup. Yeah. He's going to be at the dynasty QB five by the end of next week. Who? Jalen Hurts. I'm interested yeah. to see where, like, I know we don't want to go this route, but it'll be interesting to see if he blows up this week or does re- well last few weeks, how much in the offseason people do people want, him. People want Hurts over Fields right now. Oh, yeah, he's QB2. 
He's QB two. He jumped Justin Herbert. He jumped Deshaun <laughs> Watson, Dak Prescott. Seriously, and and I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I I understand that what we have seen. Look, I said on the on on Superflex City. I don't know if it was last week that we were with John that we were with Rock. Yeah. So yeah. I said last week, like I'm excited to see what this kid can do, and all he's done since is is light the world on fire. So I'm excited about it. There's no doubt about it. Like I'm pumped about it, and I think I think he has a legitimate chance of entering that second tier of quarterbacks behind Patrick Mahomes in his own damn tier. You know, but that that next tier, <laughs> two through seven, two through eight, maybe now. You know, I'm 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 okay with the idea of potentially moving him into that tier if he com if he completes this season in the next two weeks playing the way that he's played in his two and a half starts now I mean I, I don't have a problem with that the problem I have is moving him all the way to the top of that tier after I can even after four uh, games I can't even get him into that tier right now and I, I think a more interesting discussion would be Baker Mayfield or Jalen Hurts right now I'd take Hurts all day. I, I am, uh, but I am, I am admittedly biased for two reasons. Number one, he's a Cleveland Brown, and number two, and and by the way, so I said I'm. A, this is a no drama zone. I am absolutely triggered by Browns fans right now. Like I am, it is, it is the most annoying freaking stuff in the entire world. I mean, this team over the last three decades, three decades. Three, I was eight or something. I don't know. And, and I don't care. I'm 38 years old. Turned 38 last week. The Browns have sucked my whole life. They've been awful, terrible, horrible. You've drafted in the first half of the first round for the last three freaking decades. You have one good season. And you're talking shit. Shut your mouth until you win something. You no, wanted, that's wanted, not going to happen. That happens with every fan base that oh my God. that gets successful because they're just so excited. You know, people that people that don't know how to handle success are that it, it's every fan base and every situation. This what about happens. Dolphins fans, I feel like they've been relatively mellow. Have they not? There's like seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I respect the shit out of that because that that's a you know that's a point in 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 your perspective, right? As a Lions fan, well, this is more actually my perspective as a Michigan State basketball fan that okay. I've that I've encountered a lot, like in like when I've gone to all these Final Fours, and the fans of the teams who haven't been to Final Fours a lot are more obnoxious, more you know just they don't know how to act because they haven't been there before. Like, you know, it was, I was in Indianapolis one year and it was, um, Duke, Michigan state. Um, what's the team in like Kentucky, Indiana that did um, well as a smaller Butler Butler and the Butler fans were just obnoxious. And, you know, like the Duke fans and Michigan state fans are just sitting back because we've been there, done that so many times. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, it's going to happen because they don't, they're so excited just to be there. And it's just, I'm going to talk because I don't know when this is going to happen again. That's and, fair. That's fair. And so that, that's just the perspective, at least that I take from it. Um, but yes, it can be annoying because Butler beat Michigan state in the final four that year. And I'm going to call it out. There was a foul that wasn't called, but whatever, <laughs> um, you know, like people were just in my face after the game. I mean, it was obnoxious. Like it was to the point where like, I'm like, you're taking away like any respect I have for the school because of that, 
Uh, of course, I was probably a little negative emotion because of the loss. But, I mean, you know, now that I look back at it, I mean, I can at least accept that that's just why. Because, you know, of a lack of experience. It's, it, you're not as seasoned with success. Yeah, and that's fair. That That's a very fair point. Um, and, and, and thank you for being so level-headed and, and bringing, bringing some, uh, factual information. But that doesn't make it any less annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I am going to say that the, uh, the Browns didn't lose to the Bengals or the Washington football team. So, oh damn. No, but they lost to the Steelers by five touchdowns, four touchdowns. So like that's what I'm saying, but but regardless, here here's the thing. Baker to me too. I I don't think he's as good as he's playing right now, and I don't think he's nearly as bad as he 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 played last year. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, as far as whether to start him this week, I can see that argument based on the way he's been playing because he's been playing really good football right now. Um, and Russ hasn't, so. Again, I can I can tip the hat and and concede to to that idea. I just I, I just you know I, I think it's it's more it's it's not start your studs blindly without thought. It's start your studs like don't tinker to the point where you think you're smarter than everybody making a lineup decision that is going to you know, be like, I, I just, I can't imagine somebody starting Marcus Mariota over, over Russell freaking Wilson based on one game. And I, I, you know, stuff like that is where I have a bigger issue. And, and, and honestly, I mean, John, I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, yeah, man. oh man, I can't yeah. do it. I can't do it. Well, okay. Let me let, let me ask you guys this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Brian because I think that this is kind of you know in that same vein. But this is for all of you guys. So you know, start your studs aside. Like, do you guys subscribe to you know the 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 strategy of like you know it, it, at this point in a week? All we've got are our projections, you know, like this will come out. I, I assume on Wednesday, I don't even know that for sure, but Wednesday or Thursday, this is going to drop for people to listen to game. The first game of the week isn't until Friday. So, you know, you don't, you don't really know for sure. I mean, you kind of have a feeling you, you put the two lineups next to each other and you say, man, that guy, (laughs) that guy's pretty loaded. And, uh, you know, has some really nice matchups. I'm in a little bit of trouble here. So, you know, maybe in, and you know, again, like very few people are really going to have the type of options that we're talking about, like these specific options that we're talking about. But I think that most people are going to have some, some options on their roster somewhere, some positions where you could potentially, uh, play this game a little bit, but you, so, you know, using this, this specific example and, and actually I want to, I want to stick, I think with Jalen Hurts and, and Baker Mayfield. So, you know, I, I, it sounded like we were just kind of saying in a vacuum, Baker Mayfield is your guy, right? 
Now let's say, though, that you look at those projections, you look at those rosters, and you say, man, like I'm going to be chasing points. I need some home run swings. So like, does that, does that change things for you? Are you still going with Baker Mayfield? Um, you know, like, it, it, do you feel like he's got a higher ceiling than Jalen Hurts? Do you still just feel like, you know what? I don't know for sure what's going to happen. I know that, that my opponent is projected to score more. I don't know that that's going to happen. So I just want the guy who's not going to get me a zero. I want to go with Baker Mayfield and just kind of play it safe. Or do you look at those projections and say, man, like I might be in for a rough week here if I don't take some shots, try and shoot the moon and make the switch to Jalen Hurts. Like, is that a strategy that you guys had all subscribe to? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think, I think my initial reaction to the question is yes. Um, I, I like the idea of, you know, if, if I feel like I am the clear underdog and the projections have, you know, you know, first of all, I don't, I don't blindly look at projections either. Um, because there's a lot that can happen in a, in a, in a fantasy football week. Right. I mean, he, he, he has Patrick Mahomes. I'm not even going to go there. Let me, let me pick somebody else. Cause I don't want to go there. Um, he has, you know, I don't know whoever and, and, and whatever. So he has just name somebody guys. Come on, help me out here. <laughs> Mitch okay, yes, Mitch Trubisky. Okay, and and Mitch Trubisky is projected to do well because he's playing the Jags. Mitch Trubisky goes out there and gets absolutely lit up and exits the game on the third play. Like you just can't plan for that shit, right? So, part of my language. So, like I just, you know, I so initially when you ask the question, John, yes, I think I play higher upside guys. If I felt like truly I was like, I, I'm not probably going to win this or my chances are like everything has to go right for me to win this. Then, yeah, yeah I'll play the higher upside guy. You know, the guy that has, you know, he, he might be he, he might get you six fantasy points or he might get you 46 fantasy points. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a decent a decent way to look at it. However. If you feel like you're in it, even if you're the underdog and you feel like you're in it again, like I said, so many things can happen during a week. I feel like I'm going to play the guy that is is like if he can put up a solid number, right? You only need if you have a bunch of guys who put up solid numbers, you only need one or two usually, usually to really go off versus, you know, playing a bunch of guys with high upside and then having them have, you know, having four guys with under seven point fantasy points. You know what I'm saying? So like initially when you ask the question, I feel like, yes, that's a viable strategy. But like when I back off from that, I feel like if I'm not, if I don't feel that I'm clearly by far a huge underdog, then maybe I'll play it a little bit more conservative. And, and, and I'm a more conservative person just in general when it comes to risk in fantasy football. So you know, take, take that for what it's worth as well. But that's kind of where I, I kind of sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably a little more aggressive in that situation. Like there is a, um, in trade X three, um, I am a major underdog in the toilet bowl. And, um, so like, I'm going to be super aggressive with the players I pick. So 
you know, I, I'm going for those high variance guys that they might get me zero, but they might get me 20. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm looking at it. Like, there's going to be me Cole Hardman in my lineup. You know, guys like that, that just, I don't want uh, Golden Tate or something like that. It just doesn't make sense. But, like, for the quarterback, I would absolutely be playing Hertz over Mayfield in that situation just mm-hmm. because, like, Hertz has all that, you know, that rushing capability. And we we've seen where those games where, Baker doesn't have to pass and they just run the ball. And so we've seen those poo poo games for him. And I would rather go with the guy that I think could get me more points in that regard. Um, I don't know if I do that with every player in my lineup or anything like that. I'm probably more apt to pick solid guys. And then like a couple guys that I feel are super high variance. Um, just in case the other team struggles for whatever reason. Cause we see it every week. Like I've seen in the playoffs where I thought I had an incredible wide receiver core and every, in the first round of the playoffs, every wide receiver scored six points or less. Like it just it happens even if we don't expect it. And so I'm probably not going all out with super high variance, but I'll definitely consider doing it a f- at least a few more times than I normally would. I think that's fair for sure. Um, yeah, sorry, Jacob. I know you were about to say something. You're good. Uh, yeah, I agree with Bill in that. I feel like most people have that like last flex spot that they talk about a lot on Twitter and such, and that they're like, okay, what do I do for this? And that's whenever I try to have the conversation of like, are you an underdog? Are you not? And I, I agree with what both Brian and Bill are saying in that like, you don't need to overreact to one to like the projections per se. But yeah, if you're an underdog for sure, play those guys. I think. Honestly, championship week, someone like a Jalen Hurts, I'm playing over Baker Mayfield no matter what. I'm going for that upside, especially at the quarterback position. I think that he's going to play well again. Um, and I, I think with that Lex Fluss spot, you can decide if you want to go more safe or more upside. And uh, championship week, I feel like most people have, if they're in the championship, a couple of like quote studs or consistent players. So I'd probably go more with the upside guy. But then again, don't don't get too wild. Don't get too cute. Don't get too crazy. How how do you guys? Uh, I want to stay on this, uh, keep teasing out this thread a little bit. How do you guys break down your matchup and determine, like, you know, even if there's even a need to, you know, to to look for some variance, look for some some you know some high upside, um, as opposed to you know the the guys that provide you with a floor, like. Do you do you use projections? I mean, to me, those things are those things can definitely be flawed, and it can be a little bit of a trap. You know, on most platforms, you look at the player projections and you're just like, man, I don't know about that one. So, but you know, if you just kind of blindly follow that, just like blindly starting your studs, you can blindly look at projections and be like, oh shit, I'm in for a bad week here just based on their projections, you know, is it you, you, and honestly, it can be the same thing with matchups. Um, there's, there's, there are a lot of traps. I think there's also a lot of different ways to kind of, um, you know, to, to gather that information, information and make those decisions. So I'm curious how you guys do it. I'd say for me, I like to look at my whole team as well as not just how I predict to the other team. But if I look at my team and I'm like, man, I got some safe players here that are going to, you know, either go off or not. Like I'm looking at a 12 or a 10 team league that is a redraft. But in this league, I have 
A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook. I'm most likely going to start Tony Pollard, Chris Carson. Then my last flex spot, I have I could start Corey Davis, J.K. Dobbins, Amari Cooper, or David Johnson. Like, all of those guys are pretty similar. Obviously, I, I'm, I'm not leaning towards Amari Cooper out of that bunch, but still, it's like, okay, if I want more upside, I'd probably go J.K. Dobbins. If I want more safety, David Johnson probably right now. But it's it's one of those things that you got to sort of look at how your team's lined up and how much you want to look at projections and this and that. But yeah, I agree that you shouldn't look at the the projections hundred percent matchups do matter some, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough thing to sort of balance. Yeah. Typically what I start doing is just, uh, I'll look to see kind of like what my average score is for my lineup and then look at theirs as just like a, a purely, you know, point total from, for the season um, and points per game. That's what I look at, not total points. And then, then kind of look at the matchups from there, kind of get a feel for, you know, a few different sites, maybe that kind of rank the matchups for the passing, rushing, receiving kind of thing. And then kind of make my decision off of that. I'm, I mean, the projections are there. So, I mean, it's obviously something I'll look at. Um, I don't know how much weight I put into those projections. And, um, but I think that, you know, all of those, you just kind of lump together and then you get a feel for it. And I mean, but there, obviously there's just no, there's no right answer to this. It's just a matter of like, like if we knew that all the right information, it'd be so easy for us to figure this out. You know, like every, somebody would have the magic sauce, you know, and, and that's just not, not there. So we just got to go with feel really. And, you know, the more experience you have looking at your teams, looking at the other team and, you can kind of get a feel for if you're ahead behind or close and, and then, you know, take the matchups into account a little bit to, to see if they move it one way or the other. What about you, Har? How do you, how do you determine, you know, if, if you're, if you're good with a kind of safer lineup or if, uh, if you feel like it's a lineup that you need to, you know, tinker with a little bit and try and find some, uh, you know, some a, a little bit more upside because you're going to be, you know, you're going to be chasing points. I look if that God. team's starting their studs. Damn it! <laughs> well, so you guys both well, I, start I your mean, studs, I, and it's the approach. most boring fantasy championship on earth. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is, if I look across the aisle. And I see stud after stud stacked. I see an Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams yeah. stack. And I see a Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey stack. Uh-huh. Travis Kelsey should be the guy's name because he wreaks hell on all the teams he's playing against. That's true. Okay. Now um, this is so so honestly, I mean that that legitimately is my answer. If I That's look fair. at their lineup and I think, holy shit, look at all these freaking studs he's got going. Yeah. Then yeah, I mean, am I look? Am I worried about? Am I worried about Tony Pollard? I mean, I am now. Was I last week? Mm, meh. Probably, probably should have been. been, given what he did. <laughs> but like, you know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Zeke hadn't done shit. Is Pollard gonna do shit? I don't know. You know, he's. I'm not looking at him thinking, oh, 35 points, no doubt. Right. I mean, can you look at a lineup with Travis Kelsey in it and think that guy's not scoring 25? He's scoring 25 every week. He might score 50 if it's a tight end premium league. Like 
it's just insane. You know, and 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 that that determines it. If if I look across the aisle and I see that guy scoring 30, that guy scoring 20 at at the floor, he's scoring 20. This guy's scoring 30. This guy's holy like I'm already I've I've gotta I've gotta go for it because those guys are gonna do what they do more than likely. Now, could I get lucky and they don't do it? Sure, that can happen in fantasy. But if you're looking at a stacked lineup like that, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the chance at the high upside guys. I think Tony Pollard's a good example, like last week, of a guy that you take a chance on with that high upside. Because I really did once I knew Zeke was out, I really thought he had a high upside and he's someone that in a in a league I took a chance on. I actually benched JK Dobbins, started Tony Pollard and it worked out great, and I thought they had similar floors, and Pollard had the upside. So uh, I feel like that's a pretty solid example of a guy that could become a, quote, stud, if at least looking at the ceiling potential. And, yeah, I, I know Zeke hadn't done crap. and uh, well, we'll see if Pollard can, can do a repeat. I don't know. We'll see. I hope so. Um, defensive waivers. That was another thing we wanted to talk about just so I can change, change directions on us completely, uh, before we end up going two hours, which, uh, sometimes happens. Um, but we're going to try not to, but, um, so which I think it was bill, I believe that brought this up before, uh, before we started recording and we were kind of talking about you know, looking at your opponent's roster and, you know, finding, finding some, some potential holes that could be filled on waivers. Obviously this is probably more redraft, uh, maybe shallower uh, dynasty leagues, but for the most part, you know, you're, you're in, in a lot of dynasty super flex leagues, you're not going to find a ton of help on waivers, but yeah, I mean, back to, you know, one thing that we do know is at this point, I mean, a lot of leagues don't even let you make waiver moves unless you're in the championship. Uh, that's a whole other discussion. But, you know, if even even if other, you know, other people are able to make waiver moves, there's still going to be a lot of players available to the two teams, you know, in the championship that nobody else is really going to pay any attention to. You know, I, I and I guess my question to you guys is how much does that play into your strategy? Not even looking for guys that you're necessarily going to start, you know, but like it, here's an example. James, James Robinson injured may or may not play this week. Let's just say hypothetically that we find out he's going to be out this week. Now, all of a sudden, you know, divine Zigbo. I think his. I think you say it. <laughs> I think it's divine. I can get the last name, but not the first name. I don't know why that is. Um, we'll just call him Divine Azigbo. It's okay, John. I call Kawhi Leonard Kawhi every time I say his name before I'm corrected. <laughs> so don't worry about it. <laughs> On purpose. It's Kawhi. It's it's Kawhi. <laughs> but but I say yeah. Kawhi. Kawhi <laughs> is a lot more fun than Kawhi. So. <laughs> Well, let, so let's say that your opponent got to the championship on the back of James Robinson. Then we find out that James Robinson's going to be out. Divine Zigbo's on waivers. You're fine at, at running back. 
You know, you're not going to you're not going to start that guy. Are you going to pick him up off of waivers to keep your opponent from him? And this might I mean, this might be a little bit too extreme of an example. And we might have to find some that are a little a little bit more nuanced. But I mean, let's start there. Let's start with the most extreme example. Is there anyone here who's not making that move? I'm no, I'm totally making that move. One hundred percent. Okay. Yep. Like honestly, like let's even just make it more obscure, right? And I'm looking at his team, and I'm like, okay, he's got it's a start ten. He's got ten, nine guys that I he feels that I think he's comfortable with, and then there's that tenth spot, or maybe he just has a tight end that's like, you know, not that spectacular. I'm still gonna pick up a tight end or two, just to make it more difficult for him to make a decision and you know that's kind of what i'm talking about just just you know maybe shorten the pot you know just take some things out of the pot so that they can't their decisions are more difficult and and regardless of how much and it may have zero percent effect on on anything but it's just something to make it a little more difficult on them what about in a in a you know, I, I think that this example actually does work in, in Dynasty, so we'll stick with it. A Zigbo could easily be on waivers in a lot of Dynasty leagues. So, you know, in in sticking with this hypothetical situation, what if it means you have to drop somebody like Paris Campbell in a Dynasty league? Like, is that a, is that a move you're willing to make? I'm not. It depends no. on the depth of their running back position. Um, if I feel like that's their plug in, then I'll make that move mm-hmm. because then they're going to be stuck with maybe playing like a, uh, you know, somebody that they're not comfortable with, you know, where like you kind of feel like, okay, they, the Jaguars really have no other option than to play a Zigbo a fair amount if he's the, only guy right because they really have no other running backs so it's like i'd rather watch it it be a goomba wall (laughs) oh that's a good point yeah i mean it very very well could be right but i mean odds are he's somewhere on somebody's team already so that prevents my opponent from getting you know a player so I mean that that's the biggest thing is just preventing them from having a starter or somebody that's you know like a plug and play in a way, you know, and it's not like it's a great I mean there's a ton of risk in that play, but are you playing him or are you playing let's we'll go back to Golden Tate, you know what I mean? Somebody like that. Sonny Michelle. Yeah, I mean it's just like there's a lot of iffies, right? And so I'm just trying to make it more difficult on them. And if I have to give up an asset that's gonna maybe affect me next year. My team's in the finals. It's got to be pretty good. So if I have to give up a young guy that may or may not do anything, I'm okay with that for me to win a championship. Yeah. One thing I'll add, and John alluded to this is that typically this, these type of moves aren't going to be stuff that happens in dynasty leagues, unless you're like a super shallow dynasty league. It's more like a redraft keeper thing. Yeah. It's where if someone has like a bad quarterback and they didn't plan, you know, you pick up two or three if you can, you know, like you just go crazy because why not? Uh, but 
but yeah, I think making moves like this, uh, it's it's smart and it's just be as defensive as possible, one hundred percent. How far are you willing to go into your dynasty roster, though? To uh, I'm not Paris yeah. Campbell far, but then again, I, I I'm just thinking like Brian Edwards. Is that is that a guy that oh, I think Brian Edwards? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I want him on my team, but bye. Like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to come up with some more. AJ Dillon is that a guy that? Any, yeah, yeah. Nope. nope, not for me. You're you're uh, hanging on to him. Yeah, but 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 that's but so so here here's the thing. As as I listen to Bill and I listen to Jake, I agree with what they're saying. I think I mean, look, we all like to think. I mean, you guys are looking at me right now, so I'm like shaking my head in a very sarcastic manner, right? Like, we all like to think that we're going to build dynasties in these leagues. They're dynasty leagues. We want to build dynasties where we win back-to-back-to-back-to-back championships. And outside of Bill, who won like 39 games in a row or something like that, he was telling 34 games in a row, he was telling us before the show in, in one league. But like realistically it's very hard to do that especially the more competitive the league is the harder it is to actually compete for back to back to back championships okay it's hard as hell to win one so if you have the opportunity to win one if it means you have to give up a piece that might hurt you a little bit next year to secure or or give yourself an exponentially better chance at at winning that championship you do it all day every day in every possible league Having said that, I also think that 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 you you know you have to take your roster construction into play here. If you're a team who is absolutely loaded and Paris Campbell or AJ Dillon or whoever the hell it is isn't going to play for your roster because you're so super stacked and awesome that you're going to compete for championships for the next 3 years, then sure you drop his ass and you pick up you you make a defensive move. But if you're a team that got in by like upsetting a couple guys and you're you're kind of more like that fourth or fifth best team in the league but you happen to end up in the championship game well, then maybe you don't do that. You know, if it's going to end up throwing your your chances of of building towards the future, you know. But but in general, I think if you have an if there is a move out there that helps you secure a championship, you do that move every single time if you're in position to win a championship. Because championships, we all like to think we're damn good at this. And and a lot of us are, you know, but there's a lot of luck that goes involved in it too, that's involved in it too. And I think when you have the opportunity to play for a championship, you give yourself the best cool, opportunity right. to win that championship. Amen. And, and you know, Jacob made a great point. It's like the players that you're offering up to cut are probably not the ones that you'll have to cut. Right. Like, I mean, so that, that's the thing, like, but the point of being that just displays what we're willing to do to make that move. Um, you know, like most of our leagues probably have what 25 to 30 man rosters. So even in a 25 man, there's somebody that's like, eh, I'm not really sure why he's on my roster kind of thing. So like there's somebody probably equal to divine a Zigbo that you can do. But if the, even if there isn't, I mean, I'm okay making that move regardless, just for exactly what Brian said, you know, where you play to win the game. Mm -hmm. 
You play to win the game. <laughs> Hello? Hello? You so, play to win the game. Sorry, John. I have. <laughs> no, you can I love Herb. Yeah. It's, and that's one of the all-timers. Yep. Um, so I, I, I made a move in, uh, in one of my leagues. And, and it, it, so far, it's worked out. Um, I am curious if you guys have the stomach for this, though. So it was um, in uh, it's, so it's one of the leagues without a trade deadline, first of all. And uh, I, I gave up before, prior to week 15. So, uh, and I'm, I'm going to amend this hypothetical in a, in a minute, but we'll just start with what actually happened. So I gave up my first round pick, which obviously looks like it's going to be, you know, one of the last two um, now that I'm in the championship. But I gave up my, my first round pick, and then I gave up a 2020 second that, in theory, is going to be on a team. It's going to be on a team that's rebuilding in 2021. Whatever that you know, whatever that means for you. Maybe he's still <laughs> rebuilding in in 2022. I kind of doubt it. I kind of this is this is. I made this trade with Trader Joe, who I you know he knows how to build up a roster <laughs> in in a year. So you know, I'm not pl- I'm I'm not expecting that 2022 second round pick to be particularly early, but maybe anyway. So I gave up those two picks for David Montgomery. It won me that championship, but I mean, that's kind of a lot of draft capital, right? So, I mean, is that first of all, you know, prior to week 15, is that a a move that you guys are willing to make? For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the the kind of move I'm okay with because it's not like his value is empty next year. Or you could, it's not like you don't have the opportunity to move him during the offseason. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the exact kind of move that you make. And he's still young enough to where, you know, you can trade him before the draft just in case, right? Like if they make any moves for running backs. So, like, that's the matchups were incredible for this, the end of the season. And um, yeah, I mean, I actually had traded for him during the, you know, towards the end of the season. And then I didn't make the playoffs, so I flipped him for a, you know, a late first, um, just because you know I didn't need him anymore, and I don't really care, you know. But but you're still in the playoffs, so it's like perfect. And um, yeah, that's exactly the kind of move that I want to make, and it's not buying some guy who has no value after the season ends. Mm. Yeah, that's I do the same thing. And I think another guy that's in the discussion is like Derrick Henry, especially related to his age. You know, everybody, uh, everybody's acting like they're going to keep his value up during the offseason. But man, once people see age in the offseason, value just plummets. Like it just does. Everybody's going to want all these young running backs over Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry, Montgomery, all these guys. Yeah, may, it, I totally find making the moves to get the championship. Like one league, I traded uh, Jonathan Taylor and Kittle for. Derrick Henry and Waller and that was to make a push and it ended up not working out but then I was able to move Derrick Henry and Logan Thomas for Swift and Smith Jr. It's a start two tight end league and I felt pretty comfortable with that type of move as well so this is also no trade deadline so recommend doing that in your leagues plenty of discussion on Superflex City about that but but yeah I'd do that um 
what about so in you know there there is kind of the missing piece of context i guess which is that you know obviously giving up draft picks getting back a player meant that i also had to drop a player just so happened it was a zigbo <laughs> so now i have to go and try and get his ass back damn it um but anyways you know so the fact that you're not only giving up and and this is a best ball league by the way so you know the the all the players on the bench have just slightly more value because i don't have to get it right with my lineup so the fact that you're giving up you know a player who you know who who could end up scoring enough to get into your lineup in that best ball league plus the two draft picks like all of a sudden it, you know it it does make it a little bit bigger trade on my end so i'm curious like with all that being said would you do it prior to week 16 prior to your championship for one week one week rental and and I'm, I'm, you know maybe we even Maybe we 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 change the name from David Montgomery to Tony Pollard. You know, a, a guy who, you know, seems like a he's going to be a pretty good start here in in week sixteen. Could definitely be a league winner type, but you know what? Like, what's the upside going forward? You know, beyond this year. Zeke is still there. Zeke Zeke is signed through like 2026. Something, something stupid like that. Like he's not going anywhere. So, you know, the the odds that Tony Pollard has a starting job in 2021 is not great. So yeah, but it's literally a one week rental. Yeah. So so but but here's the thing. I mean, it it's it's not like Tony Pollard doesn't have standalone value. Now, does he have standalone value that makes <laughs> that that makes giving away what you're giving away make sense? I don't know. I probably not. But but he does have some standalone value. I mean, he's the RB25. He's he's pushing the back end of RB2. Now, a lot of that has to do with this past week, too. So uh sorry, I'm buying I'm buying like 10 seconds of time here. So prior to this past week, he would have been RB. Sorry, thirty-three. So he was RB thirty-three um, prior to this past week. He's now RB twenty-five. So you know, it's it's not like he doesn't. And and here's the thing: if this kid does this every time he gets an opportunity, I don't care how much money there. John, how many times have we talked about what does it matter? Chris Carson and Rashad Penny. What's the draft capital matter as long as they get the guy that's producing, right? Totally. So, so, so if you look at it that way, they paid Zeke a shit ton of money, and and yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that the Jets or the Jags or the you name bad team X in this spot right now isn't going to pay a fourth round pick to take on that contract or something? And 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 give them, you know, and and think that they're the team that can benefit from a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I just think I you know, I, I understand what you're saying about the contract and about him being there. I'm not convinced he's gonna be there if they can figure out a way to move the contract because they've got a quarterback to sign who's a damn good one, by the way. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. And, and, and Pollard, you know, is a guy that every time he gets an opportunity produces. So, I mean, on the surface level, you know, does it look great? No, but I mean, I'm, I don't know that I wouldn't do it. To, that's so far away too. We're talking about a 2022 first, right? Or am I totally uh, off here? Or did my mind, uh, my mind went goofy. 2021 first 2021 first it's gonna be 11 later 11 okay and then a 2022 second it's a lot it's a lot for one that's a lot yeah that's a lot that's a lot for one week again though it's hard as shit to win championships (laughs) and if you know this guy listen if you know this guy is going to start next week against the eagles and he's probably going to get 20 to 25 touches. And he just came off a 30-point fantasy production game. I mean, it's hard. You know, I can see the argument for it, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing on the, the contract front is I, I don't see – I see Zeke staying on the Cowboys at least through 2021 just because if they try to get rid of him or cut him, it's – Gonna if they trade him, it's a little bit different. But if they cut him, twenty four point five mil dead cap, twenty twenty two ten point eight, and then after that, twenty twenty three drops six point seven. But I think Zeke will be there at least another year. But yeah, it's definitely an interesting discussion related to like a twenty twenty one first. I feel like you could get a better player, more secure player that'll perform similar with that pick. But it's it's not perfect, and you're also not. I don't know. It's tough because I feel like if it was a 2022 first, which I think most people would do for Pollard, I, I think that's something that you would definitely debate on. Yeah. I want to give you guys one more hypothetical here. Um, kind of a, a different but similar scenario. Just kind of like I, I'm really just trying to figure out like how aggressive you guys are willing to be to, you know, to, uh, to 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 finish this off to close off a championship like in a dynasty league so this uh this actually happened to me in week 15 in the superflex army league where we had james connor um myself and uh and my co-owner we had james connor as our um in our lineup um obviously played in the monday night game and ended up being inactive um, due to the various injuries, I don't even I don't even know with that guy anymore. He's like the he's like the guy on operation. Just like everything's wrong with him, um, his nose lights up when you try to fix it too. But like you know, we didn't we didn't see that coming. <laughs> didn't see it coming that he was going to be inactive. We go into that Monday night game down by about 20 points it was gonna be a, a hard it was gonna be tough to to come back from that anyways but then james uh, james connor is inactive we've got nobody else playing on monday night on our bench we have no way to, of replacing him so i mean for me first of all the the big takeaway is if you have anybody playing on monday night make sure that you've got somebody on your bench who can be plugged into their position just in case like I should have had and, and you know, James Connor was a flex. So it could have been, uh, you know, Jalen Samuels. It could have been Vance McDonald. It could have been, um, 
you know, one of the, uh, I don't know, Auden Tate, <laughs> like it could have been some crap like that. You know, some AJP Ryan, I guess like those are the type of guys that I like, we could have had them on the, on the bench just in case. And again, the likelihood that we were going to come back was not great when we lost James Conner, but at least we could have took a shot. So, you know, that I guess that's the first thing and and you know, that's like my piece of advice here is to make sure that you've got that guy. But I'm wondering if you guys, you know, how far out of your way you're willing to go to make sure that you've got that. Like if you've, you know, you've you're gonna end up starting Cole Beasley and we find out that, you know, for whatever reason he's gonna miss the game, but we don't find out until you know, Monday, he tests positive for COVID on Monday morning. And now all of a sudden, because most leagues are this way, like this isn't to me, this isn't even, it's something that we can discuss on the commissioner's office over at Superflex city at some point. But I, I don't, I, I, I don't know that, you know, that, that it's necessarily going to change policy wise, as far as allowing your bench players to be dropped after they played. I don't think I, like not many leagues do that, and I don't know that they necessarily should. But you know, so so it's kind of incumbent on us, the general managers, to make sure that we've got the players that we need just in case. So I'm curious how far you guys would go out of your way to make sure that you've got kind of that backup, whatever position, to Cole Beasley just to make sure that you can fill out a lineup on Monday if you need to. And, you know, I'm also, let's, let's just start with that. Actually. I just want to throw that out there to you guys. Like how, how important is it to you to make sure that you've got, you know, random freaking nobody just in case, like who's, who's going to play like uh Demir bird, make sure you've got him on your roster just in case, you mysteriously lose Cole Beasley. Like to what extent are you willing to drop somebody to to pick up Demir Bird just to make sure that you've you've got that spot filled? Well, I think that in the um, playoffs, I mean, I think that's something that you really need to be aware of when you're. I mean, unfortunately, we're learning from your situation, right? <laughs> I mean, that's something that I've had to scramble, you know, on Mondays during this season just to try to find somebody that so like there was a time where I was like moving guys off of um you know moving a rookie down to taxi squad and that, like doing all this manipulation in my lineup so I could cut somebody so that I could add somebody who's actually going to have a chance to play I mean it was like I would pull in Ryan Nall off the uh you know waiver wires just so I could have somebody to play because somebody got hurt um, maybe it was Montgomery got ruled out or something like that. But, um, I mean, that's really just what, I mean, the other situation is, do you make a big move that day to trade for somebody who's in that game for somebody who's maybe not in the playoffs, if you don't have a trade deadline, you know, you could have made a move for like Benny Snell or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's a, that's something to consider in the future as well. But it, I mean, if you're down 20 going into the last day, it's kind of like, how much do you really want to do to, you know, what's the odds of a guy that's guy's going to score 20 points? 
that although although I'm pretty sure Benny did. Um probably. And and that was honestly that was part of the calculus too. So I because I'm assuming like it would have had to be and I mean this is actually a question for you Bill because I don't totally know. Um but you commissioned that league. So like would I have been able to trade my bench players who had already played for Benny Snell or would it have it would have to be James Connor straight up? Yeah, you'd have to do Connor or draft picks. Yeah. Um, you okay. know, or yeah, or somebody who's on your taxi or I don't even know if you can trade taxi guys if their teams have played. I'm not yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but uh, I'm guessing probably not. Yeah. So, I agree. Go ahead, Bill, Jacob. With that, is it like if literally he just had James Connor left, he would have to trade a draft pick or James Connor straight up for like Giovanni Bernard or Snell. And then you'd have to drop James Conner, right? That's like the only way you'd be able to actually put him in his lineup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? well, yeah, yeah. So he'd have to make the offer, including, uh, you know, including Conner just to make it, you make, know, make it work. Yeah. Him. And you might That's be able crazy. to, you might be able to, you know, lessen <laughs> the draft pick you give up because of that, you know? But, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. And, and that was part of my calculus on the whole thing too, was, the fact that like James Connor has to go. So in that league, like if you're out, you're not IR eligible, um, which is to me is also, you know, totally reasonable. I like some people will go so far as to make it so that if you're even doubtful, then you can go on IR. A lot of people have it. If you're out, you can go on IR for the week. A lot of a, a lot of times, so you have to actually be on IR, and I, like I don't have a preference as far as those settings go either. I don't have an issue with that setting, but yeah, I mean, like I had, I didn't have anybody w- that I could move to, you know, to IR or to taxi. Uh, everybody had already played anyways, so like they wouldn't have been eligible to move, even if they they were they were all locked. So, I mean, my, my option and yeah, it turns out I could have traded for, you know, James Conner plus for Benny Snell and, or, or Gio Bernard and man, they would have had leverage on me. (laughs) It's like James Conner plus like all my picks, you know, they could have done that. Uh, it was, it was that, or, I mean, like what I was considering doing was drop James Conner outright and pick up Jalen Samuels. And again, 20-point deficit. uh, Our opponent also had uh, Tyler Boyd. So, (laughs) like, Jalen Samuels has to outscore Tyler Boyd by 21 points, (laughs) at least. Like, that's what would have had to happen. But Yeah, and at that point, you just kind of go, well... It's over. Yeah, like why why even give up assets that for something that's highly unlikely? Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have been you'd have been just doing that being aggressive for being aggressive sake, you know, and yeah. it I mean, it would have worked out for you if you got Snell, but and I it might have if you got Geo, I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's you know, hindsight is very easy. You got to weigh that and how are you got something? No, Geo freaking Bernard ripped the shit out of our defense <laughs> last night. So that's all I have. Yeah. 
So, uh, but what about, uh, you know, what if, what if those margins had been a little bit closer or, you know, well, it, yeah, let's, let's just say that those margins have been closer. Maybe I even have a five point lead with James Conner going against Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, forget what we know now, but you know, so my option would have been drop James Conner to pick up Jalen Samuels. Hope Jalen Samuels can protect that lead against Tyler Boyd. Like, is that a move that you guys are willing to make? I tried to do a trade first, if you can. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think you have to you have to try to go for the the championship. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's just I mean, I don't know how many people are super confident for Connor next year anyway. I mean, obviously he'd be picked up immediately, um, you know, in the next uh waivers, but I mean, also that could be a savvy move if you have any, you know, money still left in the bank where you might be able to get them back. Um, Especially if you do it kind of with the, uh, like a ninja and people don't realize it and uh, you might be able to sneak, sneak up and get them um, on the next uh, drop ad. But um, yeah, I mean, it's something I think you have to do um, when you're in the playoffs going for a championship and, I mean, you guys have a team that could, you know, compete with any either of the finalists. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's something that you would have had to do. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you guys are we're we're pretty aligned on this. It's, I mean, do what you, <laughs> do what it takes to win the championship, you know. And and sometimes it takes some pretty big sacrifices. Sometimes it takes overpays in trades sometimes it means you know getting rid of some of your your young stash players off of your roster to make room for somebody who you know whether it's playing defense against your opponent or you know again just ensuring that you're going to have a full lineup all the way through the monday night game and you know that's something that like I'm willing to be aggressive like that when I'm in the playoffs and it's in a situation where I feel like I have a good shot. Like that's the only time I'm going to be willing to like, you know, overpay like that. You know what I mean? Like that's not something that you keep doing throughout the season just because you're like, well, I want to be aggressive. Like if you can't be aggressive like that, I mean, you're going to end up with a really bad lineup if some of those (laughs) things don't hit, you know what I mean? So it's just a matter of you like, the championship is the only reason to do that. You know, you don't do it to make the playoffs or you don't, in my opinion, like I think that's the only time I'm going to be super aggressive and not use value as my, you know, kind of my compass. Yeah. And I agree with that. And one thing to remember too, like going into the playoffs or if you're in the playoffs in general is like, you could have came into this year having Dak, Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, like a ton of ballers and you were done before the season really got underway and you just never know what's going to happen year in year out. And that's part of the, the luck slash just bad luck, honestly, of fancy football that if you get to that championship or you get close, you make the moves you got to make. And it's something that maybe it's a pill. that's hard to swallow sometimes, but I mean, we're, we're, we really are playing to win. And like Brian already mentioned uh, the odds of you having a dynasty year after year after year that you're winning the championship in a very in a competitive league is it's slim it's, it's not easy 
For the record, your odds do increase if you have Patrick Mahomes on your roster. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) And nobody else? Okay, uh, I mean, Saquon, Saquon Barkley clearly ups the ups the chances as well, but yeah, we gotta we gotta talk about what Bill just put in the chat. He said, "My 34 win team has CMC, Saquon, and Kittle, and he's in the finals." What in the world? Dang. Like, yeah. I'm that league. I'm like, I'm leaving, man. I'm taking my toys and I'm gone. Like, I'll be that? honest with you, I actually consider saying if I win this week, I'm gonna consider offering like re- re- restart the league. Cause it's just so ridiculous. It's just not even fair anymore. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, this will be my third year in a row that I win it and I'll have one loss in the last three years or whatever. Ooh, question for y'all. What do y'all think about doing that to where someone like wins the league twice in a row that you do like a league vote type of thing. If, if you want to restart it or not, it's kind of like an empire league, right? Yeah. It's like like an empire league. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that helps like keep the dynasty league potentially fresh. If you have a team like yours, Bill, that's like, on fire and just stacked but then again some people would argue you're the one that let this team get sacked you deal with it you know so well, and that's yeah. what's happened in the chat everybody said that like they they're at least accountable for their uh part in it um <laughs> but because like, I've, I've made offers like i was just like peppering leagues with trade i was making horrible offers with mahomes a few years ago and people didn't <laughs> accept them you know and everybody's like you know, why didn't I accept the, that trade offer for Darius Geis for Mahomes, you know, stuff like that. And, that's you know, the, that's but this the, is like a bunch of my buddies and it's like one of those things where I'm just like, I don't want it to be not fun. It's not, it's like a $25 league, you know, it's like all of these other reasons why I'm okay just restarting it. Um, but if it was a bunch of people I didn't know, I'd be like, you know, get bent. Like I built <laughs> Bill, you are a better man than I, brother, because if my friends in my home league, if I win the league like six years in a row, those fuckers, excuse me, John, I'm sorry, (laughs) you're going to have to edit that. I, there is no possible, there is no possible way I'm letting those assholes out of it. I love those guys. They are my dudes, but I am, I am crushing them at every possible opportunity. I feel like I've already done that. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know, man, like this is actually this is a this is a pretty brutal like ball cutter move that Bill's got here. Like, I believe you, I'm owning them by doing this, right? Like you, you like you keep you keep winning games, you keep winning championships and then you made them admit that it's their fault. Like, yeah, that is, that is harsh. And I'm doing this without CMC, Saquon and Kittle. Dude, yeah. Bill, you need a contingency. The league restarts, but you choose the pick you want. That's that's your deal right there. I should get, <laughs> I should get the 101 in the startup. That's what I'm saying. You can get yourself some Mahomes yeah. if it's super flex. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Take yeah. seven QBs in the first seven rounds. Yeah. You know, actually, that was the one of the few times that I did the QBX, and my team just became so ridiculous like because i was able to trade those guys uh my first year was so bad like i i I drafted luck first round and then nothing ever happened with him you know and then like it was just all my quarterbacks hit though that like the young guys that i picked and i was so bad my first year that i got saquon you know uh the 101 for the you know that year and then everybody just kept i just kept trading quarterbacks for for you know 
shit ton. So, I mean, that's kind of what happened. And I mean, that was it. I mean, that would be the perfect. I should send John the link of it just so he can see the whole uh, oh. league because that's probably like should be going on his. Um, I drool over that. You know, sure. that should be in your. Uh, you know, what do you call it? What's the ah shit PowerPoint presentation? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That would go in the textbook. Yeah. So, um, man, at some point I want to talk more on, again, we'll, we'll do it in the commissioner's office, but we need to talk about empire leagues and, and, you know, restarts. Um, but yeah, as far as for, for now, as far as going and finishing that championship and it sounds, again, it sounds like we're all on the same page. It's so hard to get to week 16. So, you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to get there and then lose and look back and feel like there was there was stuff that you could have done you know it's one thing to get the the lineup wrong i will say that like that's that's not nearly as big a deal personally the reason that i'm anti start your studs is because you know i would way rather lose feeling like i played the game Put some freaking thought into it. <laughs> Brian is like actually inside his camera right now. He's so close, like so, so focused on this, so ready to pounce. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I have been making decisions for my roster all season. I'm not going to stop now. And if I did, that's the only way I'm not going to feel okay about losing this championship. So, but you know, to each their own as far as that goes. I mean, if you know, if if you're gonna have regrets about the fact that you benched Russell Wilson if you lose, I would start, definitely have I would, I, I would definitely have regrets about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, so there you go. Start him. <laughs> Fire him up. Um yeah. John, I feel like I, I I know we're we're getting close to the end. I feel like yeah. honestly, mm-hmm. and and so I've shared in the past. I mean, you you I've been listening to this show far before I was involved in it, and I feel like this was like a major, like multi episode deal with Russell Wilson and his tale of two halves, and Cam Newton was involved somehow, and like. Yeah. I I remember all of those shows. That, that was that's super cool. early on. Yeah, yeah. I've was been like... here since then. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, you don't you don't get a pass for your start your studs crap on, just man. because of that. But yeah, <laughs> that was like episode two when me and Addison started arguing about Cam Newton versus Russell Wilson, and it was because. Oh, I I had Cam Newton ahead of Russell Wilson, and it's because it's simply this. Like, going back four years now, I knew then what I know now, which is Russell Wilson let you down in the fantasy playoffs, and you have to plan on that. And I think that you've got to bake that into his cost. Anyways, that's that's <laughs> yeah, when we're trying to get out of here, uh, <laughs> me ranting about Russell Wilson is is the absolute worst way to go about it. Um, I, I am curious if you guys have any final thoughts, any like, you know, words of wisdom or encouragement for those who are going to go compete for a championship this week. Just win baby. 
You know, just set that. Don't overthink it. You know what I mean? Like, don't stress about it. Just go in and enjoy it. I mean, maybe it's easy to say when you have a bunch of leagues, you know, but it just gets to the point where, like, you've been doing it all year. You know, you kind of have a feel for your team. Just just make that decision, own it, and, and it'll work or it won't, right? I mean, that's pretty much it. So um, enjoy the day. Don't be stressing about it. Yes. Yeah, I, I'd agree with both of these guys. Just win and and just remember that we play the game for fun. Yes, it's a lot more fun when we're winning, but this is a game and it's supposed to be for entertainment purposes. I know there are people out there that make their living on it and good for y'all. But the majority of us are playing this for fun and to try to win and have some sort of pride in that. Um, just enjoy it. Enjoy being in the championship game. You're You're in an elite, you're in elite company. Right. I mean, no, most of us play in 12 team leagues at least. And so to be in the final two at the end of the season is awesome. And and it should, you know, whether you win or lose, that shouldn't take away from the fact that, you know, you're one of the top two teams in the league this year. So congratulations to this point. And, and yeah, go get it. I mean, do the best you can put the lineups in. You can let the chips fall where they will and enjoy the ride along the way. Man, great place to wrap it up. I, 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 of course, I've got to throw in my two cents as well, though. Michael Jordan in the last dance said, I, I've never worried about a shot that I haven't even taken yet. You haven't played this game yet. You have no idea what's going to happen here. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to lose this game because you have no reason to believe that that's going to happen. All you've been doing is winning all season. This is just one more game. Go win it. Get it done, super friends. I dig it. Let's wrap it up there for the week. Yes. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts. Mega feed. Uh, do us a huge favor and rate and review this show. Uh, it helps us to get out to more people and uh, touch on more topics that are useful to you, our super friends. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Super Flex City. Not only are you getting the super show, you're getting super flexible. You're getting super flexperts. Now you're getting snake in the draft. All of that on one feed, plus all of the additional content that we put out, like the commissioner's office, like Har and Hogue, like the, the super flex trades. Uh, I, man, I don't even know what else. We're creating new pods office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, commissioners of it. Yeah, we're creating new podcasts to uh, Superflex City every single week. And uh, you know, there's there's going to be even more of that when this non-point scoring season hits. And uh, you know, we're we're going to touch on absolutely everything that you need for Superflex. So. Uh, if you would do us a favor and subscribe to that one as well and keep up with all of the great content from Superflex City. Get at us on Twitter. Uh, it's at Superflex Show. But even better, hit us up individually. You know, uh, let's see. Bill's at Flex. Jacob's at JSnake underscore DFF. Brian's at BrianHarFF. And I'm at Superflex, dude. We're so much better at responding individually. Uh, but send us straight polls. Send us questions. Send us start sits. Well, whatever you got. We're here to we're here to help. 
This episode was dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to DLF for the platform. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. And above all else, thank you for listening. And until next week, champions, stay sexy and super flexy. Flexy.